Hey everyone, and welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast that covers video game news, trending industry topics, and reviews on recent game releases. My name is Luke Armstrong, and I'm your host. Joining me today is Adam Beagle. Adam, X gonna give it to you. How, what'd you think of the Xbox event? <laughs> uh, I I I liked it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, it's uh, we got an hour, a little over an hour, I think, of xbox games shown off by microsoft so that's what we're talking about today that is the episode we're going to run through that xbox game showcase we're going to talk about every single game they showed off give our impressions of the event and that's going to be our our one topic today it's a bigger topic so we wanted to limit it to just that so that's what this episode is going to be about today but before we get to all of that a reminder that the podcast airs every week Each week, Adam and myself discuss the biggest topics in the video game industry and share opinions on new game releases. The show is available on all major podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Just search for Games Are Fun on your podcast platform of choice. If you want to help support this podcast, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you you use. And then here's a big test to you guys. I say this every week, and I don't think anyone does it because we are still sitting at only four ratings on Apple Podcasts. So this is a challenge to you people who listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, and I know that it's a majority of you. I have the analytics that tells me. So what I want you guys to do is if you're listening on Apple Podcasts right now, pause the show and go leave us a review over on there. Uh, I would like to see if me challenging you guys can can get you guys to to leave us a review and see if that changes anything because like i said i know a majority of you use that service so it would be greatly appreciated if you guys could leave a review for our show on that platform housekeeping just one note before we get into the topic of the show uh, ghost of tsushima review is probably going to be a little further out than expected mostly due to the fact that there's so much to do in the game adam and myself have been talking uh you know he I, sounds like you're further in the game than I am, but there we're kind of taking our time regardless. Um, yeah. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to to see in the game. And it's also one of those games that neither of us really feel the need to kind of rush. We, we like taking our time and exploring what the game has to offer. So, yeah, we're going to take our time with that. So I would expect you could kind of expect August to be a more realistic time frame for us to get a you know, recorded review and released uh, episode out. So yeah, we still plan on doing a review episode for the game, but we just, it's not going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's probably going to be into next month, but thankfully there's no big triple a crazy releases next month. So, um, you know, I think it will still be relevant of a, a game to talk about. So again, once we get further in the game, we can kind of start figuring out when that review is going to take place and when you can expect it to drop. All right, um, that's it for housekeeping. So let's just steamroll on through to the Xbox Game Showcase. So Adam, you said it was really good. I thought it was really good too. Um, coming out of it, I've, I've had a lot to think about. I will say, before we kind of go into these announcements, I'll kind of run through my, my overall opinions on it and then I'll turn it back over to you. So I think there was a lot riding on this showcase because you know there was that event that we've talked about on the show back in May which was the the third party gameplay event that I think 
again, people had some high expectations for and were a little disappointed on what was shown with there. So everyone kind of pinned this as, okay, this is going to be the big reveal event uh, for next-gen Xbox. And then when we got closer to the event, it was very clear that this was just going to be a focus on games. So everyone was like, great, that's awesome. You know, PS5, they did show off the, the console, but their hour-long presentation, you know, majority of that was focused. It was game after game after game, right? So a lot, a lot of expectations, I think, from from the video game community and then, you know, Xbox fans because it's our, the, their first real big look. And, you know, there were some really great announcements in that presentation. But overall, I will say that it was, it was, I said it was great. I think it would put it more of like a good on like the <laughs> IGN review score of like a, a seven out of 10 or something like that for me. Cause you know, I thought that the pacing was good. Um, you know, I never felt that it was dragging on at any points, but I, I'll just say that there was a lot of stuff that we kind of already knew about in this presentation. And those things that we didn't know about didn't necessarily hit the hype levels that, you know, Spider-Man Miles Morales did in the PlayStation event, just, just, just for easy comparison. Um, what about you? What did, what did you think of this? So I, I think I'm a little higher on the event than what a lot of people are. Um, not to say that I, I'm giving it like a 10 or anything like that. Like there's still the, the PlayStation event was still the better event. Um, I think they just had more, like you said, like those kind of hype moments and like going into it, like things that were unknown, mm-hmm. um, whereas Xbox didn't have quite as many like brand new things to show. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did really like it. I think they, uh, they, they showed the diversity that they're building in their lineup, mm-hmm. which is really good because I mean, I think Xbox and their first party is known for just kind of being a bunch of shooters. Right. And, uh, so they we're kind of seeing them, you know, obviously they've acquired a bunch of studios that kind of have their own, uh, visions for games now, which is, which is really good because it's, it's finally starting to show. We're seeing that a little bit more, which is, which is really great. Mm-hmm. So in, in that regard, and just, you know, the, the number of games that we saw for me, I think that just made it a good show in my eyes is that we were seeing more triple games, which again, we're kind of lacking so far this summer. So I think that kind of, um, got me a little higher on the event than what a lot of people were. So, I mean, not every game was for me, mm-hmm. but there were a lot of games that um, really did kind of stand out to me. And, and we'll, you know, obviously talk about that a little bit more. But uh, I, I, as far as giving it like a rating, like I really, you know, I kind of wanted to give it a number like you did, but I feel like a grade seemed to, I, I was able to find a grade a little bit better than I was able to find a number because I'm not sure how they match up, but uh, grading it, I would give it like a B minus. Um, yeah, that's that's fair. So uh, that that's a little bit. I'm not sure what that would equate to in the numbers world, but <laughs> yeah, I mean the the rating, whether you're grading it with a, a letter grade or giving it a number, I think it's just like a, an easy way. As we've talked about, you know, giving things scores in the past, it's just a great way to kind of sum up your your overall opinions on it, um, without having to go out and explain it, right? I think the one thing that was very clear, and this was a dialogue that I saw all over the internet today, was how Xbox has really 
solidified themselves that they're not necessarily a, a, a big competitor to like PlayStation anymore, right? Like this whole generation, uh, Xbox has just been trying to catch up. That's, you know, PS4 one, this console war talk has been going from gen- generation to generation, um, pretty much all through Xbox, Xbox's existence, right? Going back to the original one. And I think that, you know, they, we, we kind of already knew that with all the the things that they're setting up in their ecosystem within the last couple of years. But I think this is very clear that even with a big console um, release coming this holiday, their focus is on Game Pass and services to the consumer and just making all these games as accessible to to the player as possible. You know, they didn't touch on it today, today very much, but, uh, you know, xCloud joining in on that xbox ultimate subscription having that game pass and then also being able to then play your games wherever you are through the cloud is going to be a huge game changer for them and they're going full steam with that they're they're not they don't have that same perspective that i think playstation has and and definitely that nintendo has it's very clear that all three all the big three are kind of now doing their own thing and i think that that's actually really good and it, it's di- making the the industry a little bit more diverse and it's it's a big shake up to the industry but i think it's for the better yeah i agree i think that's that's a good way to put it yeah they're kind of kind of starting to branch out and do their own thing which mm-hmm. is really good because then it's it's not so much like oh well, which console is going to sell better it's you know what what moves can each company do that's yeah best for them totally all right well let's jump into some of the announcements because we've got a bunch of them here they started off the show strong with halo infinite we knew that we were going to get a a slice of gameplay they teased that uh, the days leading up to the event Uh, just the other day we got to see the halo infinite box art very similar to halo combat evolved box art there's a lot of similarities people drawing comparisons to that and then today we got our gameplay look um, kind of it started off with almost like a, a menu screen of like press start to start the demo and stuff like that. Uh, it was basically like a continuation of the last look we had of Halo Infinite where we had that trailer where that guy basically come, came across Master Chief, took him into his ship um, this one starts off with those Master Chief and the the character. I don't know if he's been named or or not, but they're crashing in onto this planet and just jumping right straight into the combat. So, what were your thoughts on this? And actually, before I ask that, what do, what do, what is your familiar like? How are you with the Halo franchise? Are you a big fan of Halo? I, I I'm not too sure about that. So I'm sort of a. Uh... on and off fan of halo like with the i remember i I don't think i ever played the original one but halo 2 i distinctly remember uh getting together with friends having like lamb parties and playing multiplayer halo 2 like literally all night which uh is really really good memories but i never played through the campaign of of one or two uh three is where i probably spent the most of my time because i did play through the campaign uh, I think both single player and, and multiplayer, because I, I think I think that was multiplayer campaign, right? Which one, sorry? Three. 
uh, like playing like cooperatively, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could. Always yeah, because yeah. I think I remember like hunting skulls and stuff with, with friends yeah. um, and that being a pretty good time. And then obviously multiplayer on that was fun. I played through Reach, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And 4, which I liked more than, than a lot of people. I actually really enjoyed 4, but I think that's not one of the more popular uh, entries in the series. And I didn't touch 5 at all. Okay, but this is this is an entry I think I'm I'm actually quite interested after what they showed in the uh, the, the demo today. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked you know it looked very uh, fluid. Looks like it's hitting a pretty solid 60 frames a second, um, which is which is a pretty nice step up. It, it doesn't look like it's it doesn't look necessarily next gen from a graphical standpoint from what we saw, mm-hmm. but the gameplay does look smooth and it does look fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah i think i'm I'm definitely interested yeah i've talked about it on the show before halo is a a franchise that is near and dear to my heart i'm I'm not the biggest halo fanboy out there um but i definitely have followed the the series not from the very beginning because as i've said i I never owned an original xbox so halo 1 and 2 were just experienced through like my friends going to their house and playing with them and I just remember being so jealous of like wanting an Xbox so bad for <laughs> Halo and then, you know, getting the 360. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you as Halo 3 was the one that I spent the most time with because it was like one of the first games I ended up getting for my 360. And I remember playing through that. I think I beat it on Legendary. I, I, I probably played through the campaign on every difficulty at this point and i spent endless hours in the multiplayer uh, on halo 3 and uh really liked reach definitely one of my favorite campaigns to play for i thought was a great step uh in a new direction for the multiplayer it was starting to meet you know with, with so many first person shooters coming into the multiplayer space at that point in time like i feel like four was really helping that out but that's also yeah when the campaign and the story is kind of like i couldn't even really tell you what four is about <laughs> because it's like so far removed from my memory and then five um i never really had too much of an issue that everyone else seemed to have with five's campaign i really like the multiplayer i thought like five's multiplayer is easily like the best version of halo multiplayer in my opinion because it's just you know fixed a lot of the things over the years and so but i but you know like it's it's halo right it's kind of gone through different iterations they've all kind of been the same but you the biggest thing was you know shifting from bungie to 343 industries right that was something that changed halo um you know there's people that moved over and continued working on it but there's a lot of people that are you know no longer at 343 Industries that were uh, came from Bungie or whatever, right? So it's kind of like it has this history, um, this this rocky history. And then five was just there was a lot of issues with this campaign, and because uh, you kind of played as two characters, um, so it kind of pulled you away from Master Chief and Locke was kind of just like not this character that really resonated with a lot of people. So yeah, there's there with with all that like. That's my my Cliff's Notes version of the Halo timeline, <laughs> but it's just yeah, it, it it has a rocky timeline, and so Infinite they kind of set this up as it's going to be this 
uh, kind of refresh for the franchise. And I'm glad that they're not calling it six. Um, it, I, it looks like it is still Halo, right? It's not going way off in left field and trying to do something completely different with it. Um, cause you know, that, that can, that can be risky, especially with, uh, your, your flagship franchise, but it, yeah, we saw some new things. Like we saw in the gameplay, the, the grappling hook, um, something as simple as that is, is completely new. We saw master chief kind of using grappling hook to pull enemies closer into him and also using it for traversal and getting up to higher platforms and everything like that. And the biggest thing that I think is huge and they didn't, they, all they did was pull up the menu screen. It showed this map and it basically confirmed that it is a more open world experience, Mm -hmm. right? You have all these little waypoints and uh, objectives on the map leading you to believe that you can kind of just explore this area and take on different main missions and side quests, which is going to be, that's like insanely different from any halo game. Right. Yeah, that's a really cool. Uh, r- when they showed that, I'm like, oh man, like <laughs> it just you know you got to imagine there's probably that core fan base that is totally fine with it just being like your classic shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's just so much they could do with an open world that I think is going to be really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 going to make the game even though it looks the same and it looks like Halo, it's it's going to totally change how you play that game because Halo's always been like a corridor shooter. Um, you know, you clear out one room and you're constantly moving forward. And the fact that this is kind of opening it up to go wherever, like it's going to be really cool, um, seeing how they do that and how they make, uh, the world feel unique and, and full of detail in life and stuff like that. So, and then, yeah, in terms of how it looked, that was something that a lot of people were kind of pointing out, um, like it will be different when you when you have it running on like a a PC or your Xbox Series X like compared to a, a stream on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like I mm-hmm. uh, the stream I was watching was running into some hiccups also uh, at the very beginning of the presentation. So like I I had to rewatch the trailer and it totally changed the feel uh, of that. Um, so keep that in mind. You know, always when you're watching these things on a stream, but. I, 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 yeah, I'm not, I, I just, yeah, it doesn't necessarily look like jaw dropping gorgeous, but I also like it's halo, it's sci-fi. It's, um, it it has a very certain kind of aesthetic and art style that it goes for. And I think that they're just leaning more into that as opposed to how it looks, um, from a graphical standpoint. Yeah. And we're not too like, nobody knows how old that demo is either. Sure. Exactly. So it's possible that, you know, the main game may look, uh, a little bit better graphically. Yeah, yeah exactly. And you know, that we only saw one little kind of section this of this game, like w- what other environments and how that could change how this game looks. Right. So, yeah, I, I would say like a great way to start the show of just like, here's the big one. Here's what everyone mm-hmm. tuned in to like yeah. <laughs> to check out. Um, and it was a great way to kind of like it, it started on such a high note, I thought, which was really important. So still no release date, though. Still saying holiday 2020, which is mm-hmm. interesting. So I think if they would have given the release date, I think that probably would have indicated keyed in yeah. when the console was going to drop. So I think they're keeping that kind of under wraps. Yeah. So maybe PlayStation makes their move. 
Exactly. Yeah. Once once they get ready to do that reveal, it's because they've already confirmed that this is a launch title. So um, that will probably come at the next event where. Yeah. In fact, I think next month they're going to be talking about Lockhart. Mm -hmm. So that could be where we get price and release for for both of those for both the, the series x and yeah, lockhart for so. sure anything else you wanted to talk about in halo before we move on or no i think we pretty much covered it all. yeah i will say just going out um it was funny when i was battling whether to go xbox or ps5 i or sorry xbox one ps4 halo was a big reason as to why i'm like i'm such a halo fan i i want to continue supporting that franchise regardless of its iterations because i think it's it means a lot to xbox and um means a lot to my gaming history and this is interesting because this one it's like i know that i'm going to be able to play it on my xbox one is it going to be the best experience out there no but i'm still going to be able to play the game so it's yeah like it and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more as we go through this presentation about how like there's not a huge incentive to go out and buy that series x day one but um i yeah it's it's interesting because my my opinion is totally different going into this gen um and that's even after seeing a, a halo being paired with it, its launch and stuff it's interesting i wouldn't have expected that you know three four years ago so Next, we got a teaser for State of Decay 3, which I did not expect at all. I no. I played the first State of Decay, and I played a bit of the second. Are you familiar with this series? Uh, I mean, I never played the first one, and I watched some gameplay of the second State of Decay 2, but yeah. I never played it myself. Yeah, I mean, State of Decay is it's a zombie game. It's a survival game. What it does really interesting, what the interesting kind of pull to it is that you basically ma you can you're managing survivors, um, right? You you basically set up a camp and you can go from whatever you can jump around to your different survivors and characters and go out and loot and do missions or whatever. Um, if you die playing as that survivor like that survivor's done it's permadeath like you can't get that person back anymore so that was always the cool kind of hook for state of decay um but the first one was fun the second one just was like okay it's just like a better looking version of the first game mm -hmm. like a little bit more expansive but really not like changing things up that much to be a numbered sequel so It'll be interesting to see more of what they have up their sleeves for this game, if they're going to continue that, um, or are they going to move towards something different? I mean, it's hard to stay relevant also with the zombie genre in this day and age, because it's just mm -hmm. so overused at this point in time. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I think just post-apocalypse in general is starting to get oh, a little played out. Totally. And I... I, like even just looking at some of the games that were in this they all had a certain kind of <laughs> there look was a to lot them, of right? that yeah. yeah yeah so next we had forza motorsport which is the next forza game a couple interesting points that uh, i wanted to point out this isn't they're, they're they're dropping the number with this one technically this would be forza motorsport 8 so they're just calling it Forza Motorsport. And it's also not a launch title, which 
surprised me because I thought that was just mm-hmm. like locked in that we would always get Forza alongside right. a launch. But the game, I mean, it looks like Forza looks great. Um, I liked how they just didn't really touch on it too much. It's like, hey, for, next gen Forza is coming. We know it's going to look fantastic because it is one of the best looking games out there, in my opinion. And leave it at that. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need to spend all this time, especially on a driving simulation game that, you know. And I also like it because for the longest time, it's always been Halo, Gears, and Forza as, like, their their big three. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we haven't seen Halo in, like, five years, so it makes sense that they're going to spend a lot of time talking about it. But it's just, like, uh, I don't know. I just kind of like that we, they, we didn't have to have a big centerpiece around Forza anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Next, we got a look at a new trailer for the game Everwild, which is Rare's new IP. We saw this game. I don't know where we saw this. Was this at like XO19 or? Mm, it, I don't remember. Yeah, we, we definitely saw this game before. I just don't remember where it was at. But um, yeah, I want to say it was XO19. That's what I'm going to say. And anyways, we got like a, a trailer very similar art style to kind of see if these very bright vivid kind of more cartoonish cell shaded style i guess of, of graphics um it's really hard to explain this game because they still have yet <laughs> to really explain what this game's about i mean yeah the trailer kind of showed off that you're using ma- magic and there's a big connection with animals and how they kind of help you um, and you help them and I mean that's really all I can say about it but what are your what are your thoughts on this one I I think it looks really good I love the art style that they used on this game uh, but yeah it's so confusing like I have no idea what it is but it's you know it's rare which yeah I mean I really like to see a thieves so I kind of you know feel like I, I kind of can sort of trust like I don't think I would just blindly buy this game um, it's something yeah. that I definitely need to see what it is but uh, I think it looks cool. Yeah, it, it kind of, I don't know. It's it's like you're a group of like traveling druids, um, mm-hmm. you know, but we don't know why the the travel and, you know. Who, what, kinda, where, when, why. It, yeah, we're missing, <laughs> we're basically missing all of those details. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm definitely interested to, to know more, but it is something that um, I kind of want to try and keep on my radar. Oh, for sure. I was, yeah, I was a little disappointed that they couldn't come out with uh, with more on this one because they had already announced it um, previously and, like, give us a little bit more of an explanation, you know? Even if it was something, like, more voiceover, give the exact same trailer, but give a voiceover of, like, you know, the back-of-the-box explanation of what this game is because yeah. it looks great and it's definitely up our alley in terms of games that we gravitate towards, but... Yeah, I don't know. Like you said, I'm not. I wouldn't just buy it blind because I have no idea what it's about or what you do. Or um, it just looks like it could be similar to Sea of Thieves. Um, but you know, what does that mean? Does that mean it's a PvP type of game? PVE? Is it? Does it have? Is it single player only? Couch co-op? Like what? What's? Yeah, like what is this game? Right. So, but you know, like we'll obviously see more of it. Um, in the future, it, it's likely a little ways out. I mean, they're still rolling out updates with Sea of Thieves, and it's possible. I mean, Rare is also working on Battletoads, if that still exists, I think. Um, I, yeah, I think that's still <laughs> in the works. 
which is weird that we still haven't don't know what's going on with that one it but. sounds like hands-on for battletoads was did not go well for yeah. a lot of people so i think they're maybe uh had to go back to the drawing board on yeah. that game yeah because like that game was supposed to come out i th- like this year or something or they had some sort of penciled in date i want to say and i remember them them saying that so they must if they're not even mentioning it in like their their first party presentation here so Next, we have a game that is on my fantasy critic. So I, I've been this game was on on my radar already because it's from the studio Don't Nod, who obviously made games uh, the Life is Strange franchise, and yeah, this game looks really good. If that's your cup of tea um, for for a game, basically it's, it's a similar set up to we we found out that chapter one is releasing august 27th so it's going to be an episodic game and i did want so i'll I'll give a brief for those of you who might not have heard this because i feel like this this has flown under the radar of a lot of people but um wikipedia has summed it up as saying the game is centered on twins allison and tyler who traveled to their childhood home in alaska and must come to terms with events from their childhood particularly for tyler as he has transitioned to male since then the story involves how their childhood situation influenced tyler's development and effects on their mother don't nod stay that tyler is the first transgender playable character from any major studio and they had worked with glaad to make him an authentic representation of the trans experience so I, of course, don't want to speak on on behalf of all trans people, but I, I think just as a, like, this is a, a great step forward in the medium of having representation for the transgender community. And I think that's, that's fantastic in itself, regardless of what this game turns out to be. And if it's well-received or not, I think them really, you know, making that, um, the, you know, the overall, kind of synopsis or, or point to this game is 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 it fantastic so did you you said you never you played life is strange one but you never dabbled in any of the other ones yeah i i didn't get around to the others um and it, it's kind of one of those things like i i sort of just binged uh the the first game mm-hmm. i played through all what is it five episodes yeah pretty much right in a row and then when the other ones came out i just i didn't get to them in time mm-hmm um and and now i feel like trying to binge the entire uh season if you will Mm -hmm. is a little bit more daunting now than it was when i did the the first life is strange so i just never got around to doing the rest but uh with this one you know if i can catch it before i start falling behind then (laughs) i might give this one a shot yeah but yeah i i watching that trailer i didn't know um that that was a trans character there you and go. uh yeah so that's really cool that mm-hmm. to to find that out so yeah good for them for for doing that absolutely yeah i'll be checking out for sure it also is a, at a good time at the end of the month i i also like to kind of play them all at once but i think i uh started playing life is strange 2 after they released episode 2 and yeah it was hard waiting for those new episodes because i was like I just want to get on, get on. With See, the next one like there. I totally get that, but on the other hand, I'm like, you know, uh, they're they're only a couple hours exactly, apiece. yeah. So like, if I can get the episode, put those couple hours in, and then I'm good for a while. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas opposed to, you know, maybe like three hours. Now I'm looking at 15 to 20 hours for the whole, the whole season at once. So it's like, yeah, I'd rather just take it in small chunks. And especially because don't nod like these life is strange games or their games in general are very, you know, narrative heavy. There's a lot of just Mm -hmm. watching things, right? There's, they're not heavy in gameplay. Um, kind of your choose your own adventure style and yeah to sit sit through a lot of it it, like it it, it's a a bit of a a task right so uh, i'm definitely going to play this and like i said it's right before like tony hawk and avengers and stuff like that so i can get it out of the way um and get that completed as soon as i can so and obviously it's on my fantasy critic so i want that (laughs) that one to do good um Ori Will of the Wisps. Um, Ori Will... At, yeah, that's what it's called, right? Ori Will of the Wisps? Yeah. Okay. For whatever reason, that sounded weird to me. But uh, coming to... It's getting its upgrade, Xbox Series X. It's going to clock in at a whopping 120 frames per second, which is uh, kind of what they were showing off there. Um, that's what it was, right? 120 frames per second, I think. I believe I didn't so. didn't take the note, but that's just going off my memory. So, yeah. I mean, great. You... I can't remember. You said you didn't enjoy this one as much as the first one. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I like I like the first one better. Yeah, but I think I'm in the minority with that. Though. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Next, we had a update for Outer Worlds, uh, getting some DLC. They're actually getting two DLC, so we got a look at the first one. It's coming out September 9th, and it's called Peril on Gorgon. Um, we talked about Outer Worlds on the show last year. You and I both really enjoyed it. We never, mm-hmm. neither of us actually completed us the finished. game. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, we, we spoke really highly of it. Are you, does this give you incentive to finish off the game and jump back into Outer Worlds? Or do you think you're, you've kind of sunsetted on this, this game? I think, yeah, I think I might be done with the game and not, I, I think at, at this point to like try and jump back into it, I'd be like, okay, well, what, yeah. how do I play this? Like what was going on? But it looked good, like yeah. the the Peril on Gorgon. I think it looked really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I'm not. I mean, if it's one of those things where I can jump into the DLC with, without having to finish the main game, uh, maybe I maybe I'd look into that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's one that I'm not really expecting to pick up. Yeah, I'm in the the same boat. I I really don't have that much to finish in Outer Worlds. Um, like I think I'm on the last main mission. Same. I think I'm I'm very close. <laughs> yeah. Very close to the end. It just I never wrapped it up. Yeah, and I'm in the same boat that I'm just too disconnected from it. That, like, yeah, like I just got too. There's too much on the go, especially owning the other consoles. It's like yeah. I don't have the really the time or the desire to jump into DLC for a game that I'm not playing anymore. But I mean, I'm just glad it's getting support because um, that's DLC. So like this gen, like it, it's. There's so many games that I wish got DLC that we haven't. So whenever a game does get additional content added, I think that's a good thing, right? Um, we got a little update on Obsidian's other game called Grounded. This was previously announced. They, they ran a alpha, I believe, or a beta recently. And uh, that game is coming out July 28th. So it's just a couple days away. It's going into game preview. It's going to be available if you're, you know, like all, all these games I'm mentioning on Game Pass. Um, so what are your thoughts on this one? This one's kind of like a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids 
type of game uh you kind of play as kids in the backyard it's a kind of like a survival game a lot of building and crafting while taking on you know ants and spiders and all these insects in the grass in the backyard what do you think of it when they first showed this game off i was like nope not interested (laughs) yeah uh and then they showed the the new trailer for it today and i'm like okay they added some base building to it Mm -hmm. and you know, like a little grass house they made. I'm like, okay, that that actually looks kind of cool. It seems like a game that could be fun if you're if you're playing with friends. Almost like a kind of reminds me a little bit of like uh, the the save the world mode in Fortnite. Fortnite yeah, before yeah. they made the battle royale. Right. Yeah. And so it kind of reminds me of that, but like, honey, I shrunk the kids, like you said, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know, battling little sort of backyard uh, critters and creatures. So. I think it, it's I'm I'm being I'm becoming a little bit more open minded about sure, it. Sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It looks kind of interesting. And again, like like I said, all these games like being available at Game Pass like that. Like I would never buy this game probably. Yeah. But yeah, because yep. it's on Game Pass and um, you know you're interested in it. I'm kind of like it, it's just like let's download it, let's check it out for ourselves. And I think that that's that's really awesome that. Yeah. Like they, they couldn't probably, and like, I think that's also kind of, uh, where some of these announcements are coming from, right. Is like, they're pushing game pass. So I'm not, I'm not saying that they need to stop with the $60 triple a experiences. Cause they're still going to have that. But I feel like these smaller titles, like they can, they can focus on, on those and get them out and they'll actually do better than they ever would with the traditional platform of just you know, developing and selling games, right? So, yeah, I, I'll check that one out for sure, July 28th. And then this was actually a surprise. Um, we got a look at Obsidian's next RPG game, Obsidian, known for their RPGs. It's called Avowed, and we got a CGI cinematic trailer Um Basically, I guess the best way to sum this up is it's very Skyrim vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, looks to be first person. Uh, really don't like it's just a tease, right? So we don't really know what it's about, but we did see like the the character. I'm presuming that you're playing carrying a sword in one hand with magic in the other. So that's that's what I mean by that Skyrim um, kind of feel of that first person, you know, RPG set in kind of a fantasy world. So yeah, I yeah I'm. I'm really interested to see more. It's, I'm glad that they uh, came out and just did a little tease because it's like, boom, I got that one on my radar. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm i very intrigued by that. Mm-hmm. And this was one that came uh, totally out of left field, like kind of kind of one of those surprise things. Yeah. And it was a very pleasant surprise. Yeah. And I, I'm, I can't wait to see more. For sure. Next, we got a smaller title called As Dusk Falls, which is... Another kind of narrative-based game. It gave me similar vibes to the the Life is Strange, Tell Me Why type of games. Uh, very distinct art style. Mm-hmm. Um, it, basically, the gameplay looks like it's almost like a a storybook, right? Like the character models aren't like moving. Um, it, it, it's more like a I don't even know how, like a visual story, a visual novel type of experience. Um, But yeah, uh, great to showcase a smaller title and a game again that's coming to Game Pass. So 
um, just putting it out there when people see it pop up on Game Pass whenever it does release, they'll, they'll kind of have an idea of what it is and probably check it out, right? Next, we got uh, some Hellblade 2 information. Didn't get a look at Hellblade 2. They just showed us a little bit of clips from the trailer that they shown off at the Game Awards. Uh, kind of talked about how the environment in Hellblade 2 is taking inspiration from the landscapes in Iceland and that you can go over to Ninja Theory's YouTube channel and watch kind of a behind the scenes of them going to Iceland and capturing footage and for inspiration around their game. I mean, Iceland, like, I don't blame them because, like, that's what Death Stranding, like, that's a great, like, spot because it's almost like a out-of-this-world kind of environment. So yeah. it has me really excited to kind of see more of Hellblade 2, but how do you feel that they they didn't even show us a new trailer or anything on hellblade nervous mm-hmm. uh because i this is on my my fantasy draft <laughs> team uh and i feel like i where did, well it was a little further down the list so mm-hmm. i guess it's not like a huge but the the problem is, is that i can't get ri- i can't drop it yet because it hasn't been confirmed that it's not a uh that it's not coming out this year. So I don't want to drop it and then find out that it is coming out this year and have to bid to get it back. You know what I mean? (laughs) So so it makes me very nervous for, for that. Um, On, on the other hand, like, I I don't know, like I'm not like, I think it'll be cool. I still need to play the first one. So Mm -hmm. I, I have no ties. So I'm not, not like, Oh man, that really sucks. It's not coming out this year. Like it doesn't really like it. That means nothing to me, <laughs> yeah. uh, except for the fact that it's on. It's it's in my fantasy critic team. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that being said, I'm sure it's it's going to be cool. I know the first one was very uh, critically acclaimed, so I need I definitely need to get around to playing that. And I'm sure I'll feel uh, different and want it to come out sooner once I do play it. But mm-hmm. as of right now, like the the fantasy thing is really the only thing that uh, <laughs> makes me want it to, to really come out this year yeah no for sure i mean there there was that expectation that it could possibly be a launch title since we got our first look at it at the game awards last year and really that was the first conf- really like conf- besides halo infinite like the confirmed mm-hmm. you know next gen game first party game so yeah i kind of was hoping that we were going to get a look at that but uh leading up to the event i heard people you know uh kind of funny x cast was talking about this they were talking about this game and and they kind of had that opinion that it wasn't going to be this year and i i feel like this kind of almost confirmed that right because if they're not even showing anything new they didn't have anything then it's it's likely going to at the earliest be out next year but who knows right like we could even be waiting a couple years um hellblade is like it looks like such such a game up my alley and i've i've tried to play it twice but it's very heavy um it deals with uh some mental illness and the topics surrounding that like you need to be in a certain kind of mood to play that and i think the two times I've tried, I just wasn't in the mood for that kind of experience. So I just, it wasn't clicking with me the way I wanted it to. But, um, you know, I, I did, that was a while ago. And I think that was even before they announced 
this one if I'm not mistaken. So uh, now I'm just going to probably wait a little bit longer and play it so that I'm coming off fresh for it and then can jump into the mm-hmm. sequel right away. So Yeah, I, I must be crazy because I could have swore when they showed it at Game Awards, I could have swore that they said it would be a launch title or at least 2020 yeah. or something to that extent. Like I could have swore they I had, had to go that back there, and but watch. But... Yeah, same here. I, I uh, should have checked that out before yeah. the show. But... Yeah, I'm really like that's and i i think you know that that's future you know a couple years into next gen but i I was really hoping to see ninja theory and what because they have a couple other things that like project uh what's it called project martha or something like that um i gotta look it up so we don't look like an idiot and they just had they did bleeding edge too didn't they uh yes yeah that was in development before Project right. Mara, sorry, was the one that they. It was that this weird teaser trailer that showed this clip of this game that was like it's basically a real world and grounded representation of mental terror. So kind of, yeah, uh, based on real lived experience accounts and in depth oh, research, yeah. our aim is to recreate the horrors of the mind as accurately and realistically as possible. So this was shown off, I think beginning of this year like back in january mm-hmm. or something and i just remember watching this trailer and like it looks so photorealistic that yeah. i was like mm-hmm. holy crap that looks awesome um and yeah i like ninja theory i kind of have high expectations for them as being like a big flagship studio for xbox game studios and bringing some really awesome triple a um you know narrative heavy games um to likes of like you know uncharted or last of us or something like that's kind of how i'm seeing them and i think that they uh, are planning on being that i think that's what they want to do moving forward um and yeah it's hard because you you look at their past games but i think now that they have the fun like bleeding edge came and went and no one really talked about it um but that was developed and and finished off after they had been acquired and i think now that they have xbox i think they see the potential in ninja theory and um you know hellblade 2 was well received i i like i I just think that they're gonna take take next gen um pretty far with whatever they they have up their sleeves so but we'll have to wait for that moving on we have psychonauts 2 uh we got a little look at an original song by jack black which was pretty cool i saw jack black there i was like Oh, hell yeah, Brutal Legend yeah. 2, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, they've been trying to get Psychonauts 2 out the door for, like, years at this point. So, um, and is there a release date for that game? Like, I feel like... Uh, so I was listening to, I think it was Kind of Funny Games Daily, and they were talking about it. I think they originally wanted it to release in 2020, but I think it's now been pushed to... Uh, 21 gotcha oh yeah right here GameSpot seven hours ago psychonauts 2 releases in 2021 so yeah they they probably put that on the tail end of their trailer there but it's it's funny because at the uh i think it was during the the pre-show for kind of funny uh someone someone had the question of what uh what game is xbox gonna have that's gonna have a song that competes with the bug snacks (laughs) theme and uh i think we have the answer yeah yeah, the song was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was it was funny. I mean, I love Jack Black. I uh mm-hmm. 
He's hilarious. I double fine game like really brutal legend is kind of the only double fine game that I really clicked with. So I'm not like super familiar with uh, double fine and their type of games. I don't know anything about Psychonauts, but just watching the trailer, uh, it looks like totally up my alley. Like it looks yeah. very, um, it's totally surreal and go- and goofy at the same time. So I'm, I want to I want to check check it out whenever it does come. It looks like it reminded me of like a very psychedelic like three D platforming collectathon type. Yeah, game. yeah, totally. And so that that kind of really spoke to me, and like just the the art aesthetic, like that yeah. that really trippy, surreal uh, setting that they have for it, just was kind of like, all right, like, <laughs> this is this is kind of cool. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Uh, next, we have Destiny 2. They're basically, um, they're, they, you know, as we know, Destiny 2 is transitioning into next-gen PS5, Xbox Series X, um, Stadia, PC. They're still got tons of DLC planned, including the one, uh, it's, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, coming out this fall. Basically, uh, Destiny 2 is going to get 4K 60 frames per second support. Um, Game Pass, all ultimate or xbox ultimate whatever they call that subscription with the inclusion of xcloud this is going to be a game that you are going to access um through that they did briefly mention that um so i again they're they're that's not really a surprise because they are they're already rolling on on stadia so they they kind of have the experience of running that game through streaming so i feel like once it hits on xcloud that's going to be they're they're already going to have their feet wet and be able to hopefully um, make sure that that's running good on xCloud service. And uh, yeah, it's coming to Game Pass. And I believe all previous expansions and future expansions will be uh, like released a day and date on Game Pass is kind of what I, I gathered from that. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. I might be making some assumptions on that, but um, that if that's true, like that's that's incredible, right? Um, have when. When was the last time you played Destiny 2? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> it's been quite a while. It was before their first raid. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah, been a long, long time. time. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, that it, I, I've always wanted to come back to it because I, I really liked it. Um, lo- I think it's a great first-person shooter. I love that... Um, like, the looting system. And it, it's totally a game, but it, it's it's you know, I, I move on from game to game so frequently that I've never been able to really stick to like a games with service game. But, um, yeah, like if they're going to include all the previous expansions and stuff and it's on game pass, I mean, maybe I'll pick it up, but I, I think that's great that, um, that they're including that into game pass. Uh, Stalker 2. Oh, okay. So this is moving into the console launch exclusive section. This is kind of how they ended off the show with a bunch of announcements on games. Pretty much, I think there's a couple here that were previously announced, um, but some new ones as well. And console launch exclusive, I don't necessarily know what that means. Um, So does that mean that it's... I think they'll get it first... Okay. Uh, but it's going to come to other platforms. Who knows? Yeah, gotcha. it could be. 
you know, a week later or even a couple of days later yeah. or, you know, months later. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I guess kind of like how Final Fantasy VII Remake is a console launch exclusive to yeah. PS4. But, um, so yeah, Stalker 2 is a game that look, it, it, this is kind of the section that we were alluding to earlier. That's just, there's a lot of games that looked very similar, very dark, um, kind of shooters whether they're first person third person cover shooters whatever um this game in itself looked quite interesting i thought um that it it looked really really good in the trailer that they showed off but again it's a post-apocalyptic game (laughs) so it's like it gave me a lot of vibes of like metro and it didn't really it looks cool but i it didn't look like anything new and unique so it's like regardless of if it's good or not it just like i already have that impression that it's something that i'm familiar with so it's not really speaking to me as much as something that's more original and unique would you know what i mean Mm. but and also it's stalker two which means there's a stalker one which i'm not even familiar with um says stalker shadow of chernobyl was a game that came out march 20th in 2007 and it was a survival horror first person shooter uh only on pc so interesting but there's that (laughs) and (laughs) another dark game more dark in in terms of lighting warhammer uh dark tide which is coming in 2021. I'm not going to lie to you, Adam. I don't know anything about (laughs) Warhammer. And it seems like Warhammer has like multiple, like, like I I know Warhammer is kind of like a traditionally, wasn't it like, isn't it like Like a tabletop game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then tabletop. And then they had like RTS. RTS games, right? Yeah. Yeah. They've, I think they've had numerous genres of games. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think they were all necessarily RTS, but, um, yeah, I feel like they're, they try and take that franchise and kind of fit it into whatever genre they can. Yeah. Cause it, like they've had the more fantasy type, um, mm-hmm. with orcs and whatever. And then they've also like, this is clearly m- like much sci-fi more sci-fi. Yeah. Um, saw so just like a huge horde of like zombie looking creatures, with the this group of four i'm assuming it's going to be similar to uh there was a game that they released warhammer uh vermintide that was considered very similar to left for dead in in the fact that it was like a four person kind of cooperative first person shooter that um you deal with waves of these vermin i guess these big rat creatures and that game always looked really cool to me and i think they were kind of this game could be similar because we saw four characters and stuff like that so i think that could be what they're going for but again it was just a cgi trailer so i don't know but next this was a a big kind of surprise uh a lot of people are saying that this is basically take tetris 99 and tetris effect put them together and this is what you would birth is tetris effect connected which is essentially tetris effect um but online i guess (laughs) the the trailer was like 
all these people playing Tetris and it was in the background, there was the music from Tetris effect. And, um, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a battle Royale, right. like Tetris 99, but there's some sort of online multiplayer component to it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they didn't go into too much detail about it, but I know a lot of people really liked Tetris effect mm-hmm. Yeah, and it looks really cool. Um, but yeah, so yeah, like you said, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a, battle royale but yeah yeah there is some sort of component Mm -hmm. and the bigger thing here in my opinion is just the fact that tetris effect was a exclusive to playstation and uh i think it was on pc though um and they're they're going to essentially have a similar experience like that on xbox which is really cool um console launch as well next we have the gunk which was is a game made by the creators of um, Steam World. Steam World, and this is a, a lot different from their previous games. Um, yeah, like very much different. Uh, it's like a third person uh, game, I guess, a kind of a cartoony style, stylized game, um, where you're kind of clearing out this gunk. There's enemies it kind of gave me vibes of that double fine game called i think it was called rad um just oh in, in yeah. similar art style to that and kind of dealing with this kind of world that's kind of kind of like a, a planet that is sci-fi-ish um but also kind of looks like post-apocalyptic because you have this like black gunk that's kind of taken over everything but look it looks interesting <laughs> yeah um i was a little surprised when when you know, they showed on the screen that it was from the creators of Steam World. Yeah. And I was kind of expecting just, you know, another Steam World game of some sort. Right. Yeah. And uh, I I was kind of pleasantly surprised to see that it's not a 2D game, that this is a full 3D, uh, 3D sort of, um, you know, maybe like an adventure platforming type game. Mm-hmm. Um you know, with, with maybe some Metroidvania elements to it. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this could be a cool game. I, I, I liked pretty much every Steam World game that I played. Mm-hmm. I think the only one that I didn't play was Heist. But I know a lot of people like that one. So right. I, they, they're known for making good good games. Yeah, so, totally. Um, this is definitely one I'm interested in. Yeah. And I like, like you said, re, re, just to reinforce that I like that they're trying something new. Um because yeah, they, there's so many Steam World games that they're they're really great. But what else can the studio do? So, yeah. and I think based on the the main characters sort of uh, equipment that they use, the the giant sort of gauntlet arm, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So it, there's definitely still technology there. Mm-hmm. So we may see you know some some more robotic type elements that they're kind of kind of known for. Yeah. throughout the game, for sure. Next, we got a, I f- believe this game was previously announced. It's called The Medium. It's from uh, Bluebird Team, I believe is what they're called. Yep. And they're the ones who did, uh, what was it? Uh, Layers of Fear. That's the one I'm thinking of, which is a first-person horror game. They they recently did Blair Witch um, last year, which was, you know, kind of meh. But uh, their focus is on first-person horror games this seems to be very similar in that but it's actually a third person game 
basically the whole premise is to this is that there's kind of two planes of existence there's there's kind of like this real world and then almost like this more demonic uh kind of horror riddled with these vile creatures um very like hellish type environments but um what, what were your thoughts on this game I'm pretty interested in this game. Mm-hmm. I they were showing kind of like how both worlds are existing, you know, kind of at the same time, and I thought that was really cool. The fact that they're both loaded in at the same time and different things are happening mm-hmm. in each one, uh, I thought was really intriguing. And you know, horror games are not really my my cup of tea. Yeah, but this one looks pretty interesting, pretty cool. Yeah, that that dual reality thing that they have going for it is a really interesting mechanic that I would like to see how they pull that off because I think that's something that we really haven't seen in a game before. Um, And as you know, I love horror. I I liked their previous game, so I I already kind of have that trust in them that they can provide a really good horror experience. Um, So yeah, I... Like th- this is one that I will for sure play um, when whenever I get the chance to play it. Um, it's set to release sometime during the 2020 holiday season, so we could probably expect it around launch, if not on launch day. So that would be cool. Uh, do do do. Moving on. Uh, I think this is. I I might have misspelled this. Uh, I think it was called New Genesis Fantasy Star Online. If if that's correct um i kind of missed it let's see if it... no you're yeah yeah fantasy right. star 2 online new genesis okay so it's like the mmo you played fantasy star so i'm just going to turn it over to you because i know absolutely nothing about the fantasy star <laughs> so i i was a big fan of the first fantasy star um and so fantasy star online 2 came to xbox uh earlier this year and i played i played a pretty decent amount uh, mostly when they had the beta, mm-hmm. um, and then they they showed this uh, kind of new new expansion thing that they have going. On. I'm a little confused by it, to be honest, though, because it definitely looks. I'm trying to figure out if this is a new game because it looks oh, a whole lot more uh, current gen slash next gen than what the current one does. Um, current fantasy star online 2 i should say because that that fantasy star online 2 that's technically in i want to say somewhere between like eight and ten years old because it's been out in japan for a long long, time. long ass time yeah. um so this one looks uh a bit more graphically enhanced and uh the sort of things that are happening like the arts that they use on screen seem to be a bit more flashy uh they're switching yeah, the art between... style kind of reminded me of like xenoblade or something like that yeah pretty yeah. close to that yeah but they're switching between like weapons like mid mid combat or mid mission so i feel like this is like a new game maybe based off of the architecture of fantasy star online yeah, yeah. too but i i don't know if there's going to be like any like if you import your character from uh current fantasy star online 2 to this one yeah or you know however that's all gonna look but it looks like it's a pretty substantial overhaul to the existing Hmm. game so i'm very interested to find out more cool yeah looks interesting next we have crossfire x so i didn't even know 
what Crossfire was until this game was <laughs> announced. And I b- believe it was previously announced somewhere because it didn't look new to me. Um, but basically, Crossfire, I did a little research and found out that... So this is, this is a game very big in Asia because it released over in China. And... Um, like it's played in other other countries of course but very big in china which obviously has a lot of restrictions on what kind of games are available in that country and it's huge Uh, it's a 10 cent games published game um so that should speak for itself um 10 cent is huge i found out that it actually is the most played video game by player count that's what wikipedia is telling me here Hmm. uh with a lifetime total of 1 billion users in 80 countries worldwide that's crazy. Um, and that it was the top grossing online game uh, <laughs> as of 2014. It's grossed over t- $10 billion in lifetime revenue as of 2018. So, like, astronomically huge. Like, so uh, it just... A, that's so big for a game I've never heard of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it released... Uh, yeah, tests for its software bugs were started publicly in April 2008. Um, it came hmm. out... Wow. In Korea, May 3rd, 2007, April 28th. Yeah, basically 2008, between 2007 and 2011, depending on the region. But uh, yeah, that's crazy for a game. But like, it just goes to show that, um, you know, there there's other parts of, to this world and there's things that are way bigger than anything that we're paying attention to over here in North America. So I think it's cool that they're, uh, doing that. What's really cool is this Crossfire game. So obviously, first-person shooter. Um, Crossfire is a multiplayer game. This is kind of more a single-player. Um, but what's cool is Remedy Entertainment is actually working on the game's single-player campaign through that. So Remedy. I mean, you and I, Adam, just recently played uh, Control this year. Oh, we're we're so fans good. of Remedy, and so I I think they. Are, are great um, in terms of single player games. So I can't wait to see what their storytelling brings into this game as someone who likes first person shooters. But uh, yeah, it, look, it looked really good. I think this could be a big, big title for, for Xbox. Um, mm-hmm. And especially if it's, it's as popular as it is, I mean, that's, that's a huge win for them. So, okay. We got one more announcement to go over. <laughs> which this is their one more thing announcement yeah. playground games has officially announced fable it's just called fable it's uh by the studio who created um developed horizon horizon forza horizon um which is the more open world kind of forza games the better of the forza games in my opinion um, mm-hmm. this is something that has been rumored for a couple years now. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we were talking on the group chat. I'll, I'll just kind of repeat myself. If this wasn't so like heavily rumored and we kind of already knew it existed, this would have been, been a really hype announcement. Yeah. But the fact that we kind of already knew that it existed and like the attachment to playground games was already there. So as soon as I saw playground games, I'm like, Oh, it's, this is fable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just a tease, a uh, very short cinematic trailer that showed off that still still the same old fable in, in, in its genre and as well as its sense of humor because you have this fairy and 
she just straight up gets eaten by a frog. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that's kind of the charm to Fable is that it's this fantasy RPG game, but also kind of plays into humor a little bit, um, which has always been a, a big pull for me towards Fable. I always loved that part to fable is it's it's writing and it's it's humor that it provides so yeah what are what do you think so i i agree like if we if everybody hadn't already known about this and knew it was coming like this would have been much more of a surprise and much more of like a get hype moment yeah uh i think they could have also still made it a get hype moment if they had some sort of gameplay to show with it. Yeah. Uh, Cause all we got was that, that cinematic trailer, which yeah. I mean, it granted it, it looked really nice. And uh, I think, you know, again, it's a, another sort of like RPG game they can finally put into, into their stable, which mm-hmm. they've been seriously lacking for, you know, pretty much since 360. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's exciting to know that it's it's now officially official because everything up until now has just been, you know, we kind of all knew it was there, but I don't think it was ever really, like, confirmed. No. Uh, so it's, we know that it's real, we know that it's happening, but we also, you know, one of the things we kind of talked about was, uh, you know, for as long as Playground has had this this property, and how long it's been rumored that they've been working on it. Like, how was there no no gameplay at all? Like, how was this only a cinematic trailer? Sure. Like, I get that it's probably not coming out for a while yet. But, um, you know, you, you, I feel like there could have been more. Yeah. And that we just didn't get. And that, that made it a little bit of a letdown. But uh, I am excited to know that it's real. It's happening. And we just have to wait. Yeah, I've been... I put this on the very first episode of Games Are Fun. I recorded a 30-minute episode by myself, and it was my E3 2018 predictions. <laughs> and my prediction for Xbox, because that was when that rumor kind of started gaining traction, and I was like, Fable, it's going to be mm. Playground Games. And I think I even made that at, on last year's episode with you when where we did our E3 predictions. Yeah. I think I was I think still I had that as out. one of mine, too. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm glad to know that it's just they've acknowledged its existence. Finally, I, I yeah, I have no idea like why, like it would have been obviously cooler. Maybe that game is way further in development than we thought. Maybe it's gone through a lot of hiccups over the last couple of years. And that's maybe why it's taken so long. Who knows? But I mean, the end of the day, it's a new Fable game and it's from a studio that I think could really do some. I mean, Playground Games, it's like, okay, they have they make a racing game. How are they going to do But what they did that was so good in the Horizon games is they, they made these photorealistic repli- replications of the real world, right, with um, France and Australia and Great Britain. And it's like, for a racing game <laughs> I, I, where the main focus is driving – for people to walk away and just be so mesmerized by the world that they've created and stuff kind of just speaks volumes to how good they are at creating big open world spaces. So I'm really excited to see how they, they do that. Um, and as like, I just want to make sure that it still has that fable charm and it seen they alluded to that, I think with this trailer with, with the humor behind it. So I'm, yeah, I'm really excited because I like Fable Two is my favorite in the series. Uh, Fable Fable One 
it was fine. Um, I didn't play it till later. Fable three was whatever, but Fable two, I just remember like being in love with that game and um, doing everything I could in it. And that was a long time ago, right? Like I, I, I so I, I'm so glad to be able to hopefully jump into experience that meets that same level of love to have for the the second one. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it, but it, it, it's, it's going to be far out. I think, I think maybe next year it could happen. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking like at least two, three years before that game actually comes out. Maybe not. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I think it, it, with the fact they didn't show anything, it makes me think that it's going to be quite some time. Yeah. Uh, before before we see that game but hopefully not you know maybe we'll get lucky and uh you know maybe it'll be a holiday title next year or something like that for sure so that was it that was the xbox game showcase and all the announcements that they made they did say that they are going to have uh you know they we're going to see more from xbox and xbox game studios more this year so you know this isn't the that's it that's all um that's kind of the new thing with with the whole covid thing and not being at e3 is like we're just getting a crap ton of these digital events um so there's like you know i feel like a lot of these companies and we we saw this from ubisoft uh we saw these from some of the other digital presentations that's like they don't necessarily need to blow their their full load out on this you know one presentation Mm -hmm. like they would have to at e3 right they have that room or in space to be like okay well let's do another you know half hour presentation in a couple months where we can touch on things that are still kind of cooking in the oven we're not really ready to to show off yet so yeah and i think uh i think they've said too that they've they've sort of pledged to have uh new new information every month for the rest of yeah. the year yes which they did say that, yeah. last month was kind of a letdown because their their news for last month was just that they were going to talk about lockhart at a later date i think is what it, what yeah. it came down to so i guess you know not every month is going to be huge uh you know with with events that show new games like they had back in may and like we're seeing this month but um you know hopefully they'll have some new announcements to go along with the uh, Lockhart information. Yeah. And um, yeah, so um, hopefully we'll see kind of, and then I'm sure they'll still do, you know, maybe like a digital version of their uh, XO, um, you know, thing like they had last year. Right. And yeah. I guess the year before. So yeah. we're definitely going to get more. It's just, you know, how much uh, are we going to get per month? And, and uh, you know, quality and quantity are yet to be seen. For sure. Yeah, the, the next thing we'll definitely be focusing on on Lockhart, what what our launch lineups going to look like, things that are in the more immediate future. Um, I think that's what everyone wants to know. That's like the, the last thing that we need to know is like, when are these consoles coming out? Um, you know, and what games are going to be available? Like we, we know Halo Infinite. Um, but other than that, like that was the one thing that I thought that and I, again, I don't want to just compare this one to the to PlayStation, but it's so easy to compare because they're they're similar in length and similar in presentation. And I liked how PlayStation pretty much after every trailer, I think there was only one or two where they had no date. Otherwise, it either said holiday 2020 or it said 2021. 
Mm-hmm. And there was a bunch of these games that just were left open-ended. Yeah. And, you know, that that's kind of what we're used to in typical E3 reveals. But I just, I think, like, people are already wanting to know dates for, for, for things that setting that up and being able to kind of, okay, we know that the consoles are coming at the end of this year. But, like, what is the map, what is your map, your roadmap for xbox going into next year right a lot of people already wrote off 2020 and are already looking at 2021 for for multiple reasons so like let's let's kind of and i thought that playstation did a good job of like you know even if it's just 2021 for a bunch of those games i can kind of expect okay these are the games that i can probably you know cut out a couple that are going to be delayed but i'm going to be able to experience within a year from today kind of thing right or a year and a half from today yeah so all right well let's conclude our big topic and move on to what we've been playing so we both have been obviously playing ghost of tsushima and we're going to be giving our impressions on that but you actually played another game that released that day paper mario and the origami king adam how is it tell me all about it Man, I love this game. Uh, Paper Mario is so good. I think it's being uh, overlooked right now, partially because it goes to Tsushima. Uh, also because it's uh, th- this game isn't the the thousand year door, uh, you know, successor that we you know many people have wanted for years and years. This, uh, you know, it, it's it's sort of more of like a puzzle game with some kind of classic uh, platforming elements. Like you do, there's a lot of things you can sort of do in in the world. Um, And the the battles are very puzzle based, but still have, uh, there's still battles at their core. So there's, uh, you know, you're dealing damage, you're trying not to take damage. There's uh, different items and weapons you can use, but there's no leveling up system uh, like like we've had in some other Paper Mario games. Um, and you don't get the, the companions quite like you had in earlier Mario or Paper Mario games. So I think that's why a lot of people are just kind of writing this one off. But I strongly encourage, like, if, you, if you're one of those, like, pick the game up. Because the, the writing is uh, really great. You know, the story's not anything, like, super incredible, but the, the the writing just in like character interactions and, and everything and you can uh, you know there's a whole bunch of collectibles. One of the collectibles are toads that are kind of hidden around the place. And the dialogue that you get with the toads are just some of them are just hysterical. <laughs> um, there have been quite a few that have actually had me like for real laugh out loud. Um, so the battle system I find really engaging the sort of uh, the the way it's kind of a puzzle. And if you solve the puzzle in certain ways, it gives you like damage bonuses that help you get through the battle faster. Um, and it's sort of in a way you do get experience in the form of coins. Um, you know, I saw some complaints where it's like, oh, all you really get for fighting is coins and confetti, which the confetti you use to sort of rebuild the environments that you go through that, that help uh, help you find more collectibles, some treasures, uh, help you progress through areas, things of that nature. So it is a pretty important component of the game. 
Uh, but then the coins, it, initially, you get loaded with them. You get very rich very quickly. Um, but you use them to, you can use them to help you uh, use the toads that you've saved throughout the world to kind of give you a hand, a hand in battle, either by helping with the puzzle elements or kind of giving you some healing. And it's all kind of random what they do. But they can heal you. They can damage enemies. Uh, they can help with the puzzle solving. Um, and then you can also use it to, when you're doing the puzzles, you only get a certain number of moves you can do and you have a time limit. So it's not like you can sit there forever and kind of figure things out. You are on the clock, which kind of, you know, put some pressure on so that you can't just sit there and like, you know, cause given enough time and enough moves, you could do whatever you needed to make things work out. But this, you kind of, you know, you, you hear the timer kind of count down a little bit and give you little beeps at certain intervals. And it's like, oh, shit, like I got to I got to get this thing figured out <laughs> before I run out of time. So you can use that to extend your time if you need a little bit more to get things uh, solved. But, uh, you know, I, I find the combat very, very fun. And yeah, so you use those coins to. Um, sort of give you help in battle. And then you can also use them to buy accessories and uh, weapons. So the weapons that you get, you have your your boots for jumping on enemies and you have a hammer for hitting them. But then you also get upgraded versions of those that do have a durability limit to them. So you can only use those uh, those stronger items a certain amount of times, but you can use your money to buy more so that you can kind of... and And I... So far, the durability seems to be pretty good. Like it's, you're not going to use it once and have it break. Um, you get, I've had plenty of uses out of things, and uh, you can carry a pretty decent number of these things at a time. So you always kind of have something on hand that you you don't really shouldn't really have to use your your basic stuff uh, if you don't need to, but. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been really fun so far. I can't like, there's, you know, I, I start playing it and I just, I don't want to put it down. Uh, cause I'm just having a blast with it. There's been nights where it's like, I almost want to play that instead of ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> like it's just, it's, it's just super engaging and I like it a lot. And it's, it's not a kid's game. I would say like, I think kids would probably struggle with mm -hmm. the uh the, the puzzles in in battle and in, in some cases um the boss battles are are super fun um you know they each kind of have like their own you you can't just use the same strategy for bosses that you would on normal enemies mm -hmm. so it, it adds extra strategy elements and certain abilities that you get throughout the game to kind of um you know, change, change things up a little bit more with, with these fights. And, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, just overall really great. Um, I am not super far into the game. There's, I believe six worlds and I'm just wrapping up the second now. Okay. So still have a so little ways a little to bit. go. Yeah. But I, from what I saw, I don't think it's a super long game. Um, you know, maybe 25, 30 hours somewhere okay. in there. So um, not terribly long, but, um, but yeah, really fun. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad that you, you're, you're so high off of it. Cause yeah, it's kind of like that game release and I didn't really see anyone talking about it. Um, and it, it's not like it was po poorly received. Like it, I, I got it on my fantasy team and it's sitting at, I think 
on open critic it was at like an 81 or something or an 80 so i mean like pretty it's, it was pretty well received um but i haven't really heard anyone talk about it so i'm glad that you are playing it checking it out and i'm, I'm glad you like it so much yeah I, and i think i think i went in with my expectations a little low mm-hmm. after they had the treehouse event and they showed some gameplay right. and i'm like okay this clearly is not you know a classic rpg like we saw from 64 and thousand year door right um i would still really like to see one of those i would really like to see them take paper mario and bring it back to that classic rpg structure but Mm -hmm. uh this one for me the the rpg elements are there enough to uh kind of make me happy and then adding those additional puzzle and sort of overworld challenges that you come across um all the collectibles you can find it really just makes a good package so i think going in there with my expectations a little bit in check i think uh you know kind of helped uh, me enjoy the game and it mm-hmm. kind of exceeded the expectations that i had for it so nice awesome well let's move on to ghost of tsushima and i guess i'll start off with some of my impressions so all in all this game is fantastic i mm-hmm. I'm really loving it so far. I am pretty early on still. I want to clock myself in at around like 10-ish, 10 to 15 hours. It's somewhere in there seems appropriate. But because uh, as far as I could find, there was no in-game counter clock. Um, so I couldn't, couldn't say for sure. But yeah, the game is... Honestly, like, I knew it was going to be good because we saw this game previously at, you know, E3 2018. Uh, I think PSX, we got that state of play not too long ago. So I was sold on this game. I was really excited for it. Um, More excited for it than The Last of Us. And now I still have a lot to play. um, But so far, I'm really enjoying it. I think that it is the narrative in it is stronger than I was expecting. Um, this game, I thought it was going to be like, Oh, it's going to be like a, a final fantasy seven remake for me. Like there's going to be a story there. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll feel it's, it's good. Um, but I'm mostly here for, for the gameplay being a samurai and having this open world to kind of explore and, and stuff like that. That's kind of what I was hoping to get out of it. But now having played what I have, uh, I really like the characters that I, I've come across and, and met. I like the the story and the tone of of that story and how they tell it um, is really really cool and in, in its own kind of style. I'm not really familiar with old like samurai films or anything like that, which this is have been he- heavily inspired by. Um, but I just I love how they present things in um, in, in their presentation of just uh, the music and how that really, you know, sets the mood for what's going on in the scene. Um, the big fonts that come out with the, the mission um, in Japanese and, and mm. English uh, is very cool. Remind me a lot yeah. of, give me that same feeling I got from playing Control when you would come across uh, the things that'd be the big white oh, font. Yeah. Um, just like something as simple as that making you have a a reaction or emotion to it is cool and so i wanted to make sure i mentioned that um but yeah really liking it what about you 
Yeah, uh, also really enjoying the game. It's it's absolutely gorgeous too. It's very vibrant, very colorful. Um, but yeah, all the elements to it. Yeah, like you said, I you know, um, I, I guess you know, knowing that it's Sucker Punch, I probably should have expected a, a good story. But I I think I was in the same boat where I was just really coming in for the gameplay, and I've been pretty pleasantly surprised by the by the story so far. I think it's it's been really well done. Um, the gameplay is, is fun. It's, uh, maybe a little bit more shallow than I was expecting it to be, but, um, but overall it's still pretty enjoyable. Um, you know, cause you have like your, your little standoff moments where you can kind of get, uh, some insta kills on the mm-hmm. enemies and then you get into more, especially once you start unlocking some of the stances and things become a little bit more tactical trying to match up against enemy weaknesses and stuff like that yeah i I will say for not being much of a stealth guy i have really enjoyed the stealth elements of the game um i I think a lot because you don't have to worry too much about resource management Mm -hmm. and uh and i think it's fairly accessible for for stealth uh games yeah so i actually have been spending a lot of time doing stealth stuff Um, the the game is a bit on the easy side i'm playing on normal and uh you know i'm I'm wondering if maybe i should have put it on hard at this point i don't think i'm gonna bother doing that but um but I'm, i'm playing on normal too and i you know i i've talked about it before like i just i'm not good at stealth like i uh that's and I, that's why I typically don't play stealth games, but I, I found it like easier to clear out an entire camp in Assassin's Creed Odyssey as I could with this game, um, like so early on. You know what I mean? Like obviously, same as Assassin's Creed. When you, I mean, we're gonna be comparing to the to it a lot because <laughs> it, it is like yeah. the indicator of the enemies. Um, like the looting system is very similar to what odyssey was um like the visuals are kind of the thing that are the the centerpiece in the game uh but yeah like just i i remember in assassin's creed odyssey i could take on a huge camp and be able to like if i was patient you know i it was just an easier time for me to maneuver i find like sometimes like i'll I'll get spotted by an enemy or i'll be trying to control Jin in a way and he doesn't respond the way I wanted to him and then I'm alerting the enemies more easily or and again I I need to I think I just need to like focus in more on upgrading the ghost um techniques and everything like that to kind of make that experience a little bit easier and stuff but so yeah I've been like not really doing a lot of stealth so I'm glad that we're <laughs> we're different differenting on that um the yeah yeah go ahead i i kind of did it because i wanted to embrace the the theme of the game yeah yeah. um you know because the the whole idea it's like yeah i could play this game as like you know samurai and just kind of run in head first and just do sword fights with people and and you know be cool that way but i'm like you know what this game is centered around uh and they kind of address this early on Jin kind of having to um sort of go against the old samurai code because the Mongols can just read that fighting style way too easily. Yeah. And so he, he kind of has to become this new form of warrior. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to embrace that and I'm going to invest heavily into 
uh, these ghost techniques and the stealth. Yeah. And and it's been pretty fun for me so far doing that. I'm I'm really liking it. For sure. Yeah. The where you kind of the the first mission where you kind of are exploring ghost mode and how how the stealth system works in the game. Uh, the the character you're with and that kind of uh, branching mission path or whatever I haven't uh, I did that one mission with her and I I haven't even I I got lost doing side quests and exploring <laughs> different things and I'm mm-hmm. just getting on to that like second mission with her or whatever um, and so I think that's also because I feel like there's a, a tie in there of really exploring ghost and um, yeah I, I liked again i won't spoil how it unfolds but that connection of um like you said the samurai code and Jin struggling with with that and seeing as he's letting down his uncle and his father and everything that he's been taught and that was like a cool little narrative thread there that connected in with the gameplay which is something to to highlight for sure um something that i made a note about on my phone as I was playing. Cause I was like, that's, that's really cool. It's not just like, Hey, you can play this as a samurai. You can play this as like a stealth assa- assassin. Um, it, it, having a bit more of a meaning in the game is, is cool. And it just kind of speaks to the tension they put towards some of the other things, um, in terms of the story and stuff. So, yeah. And, and I will say one of the things that I don't care for at the moment are some of the side quests, because there are a lot of side quests mm-hmm. in this game. And there are a lot of just... It reminds me of like the Final Fantasy VII side quest where mm-hmm. it's like, go to this area, beat up some people, and then you're done. Yeah. Um, it, now, there are quests that you get from certain uh, important characters that sort of have like a, sort of an overarching theme to them. And, and the, the quests kind of chain together. Yeah, which are are interesting. the The quests themselves aren't really any different. It's still pretty much just go to this area, beat people up, but you're getting additional connecting stories by by doing those, which uh, make them a little bit more interesting. Yeah. But I'm sort of at the point where like those random side quests that you're getting from like just general peasants. Now I'm kind of like I might just start skipping these because right. there's a lot. Yeah, I, I'm coming across that too, um, especially as I've kind of uncovered a lot of the map in the like the first part of the map i guess that you can explore and because there is there like two islands is that kind of how it's set up yes yeah um because like you would that that one with with where khan is he like kind of closes off the the map doesn't he mm -hmm. yeah so it'll be interesting like once i kind of realize that um it's uh yeah it's i've explored the map i'm to kind of get get the idea of what's going on here and so i uh yeah i think there so there's three acts so i'm assuming that they're kind of mm-hmm. just looking at the map it kind of looks like yeah it's split into three sections yeah. kind of working your way up um but even when you look at the map pull it up and look at it it's like it looks way smaller than what it really is. Cause it's like, yeah. I remember pulling up the map cause there's no, that's another thing that they showed off in the state of play with that gameplay reveal is there's like no HUD, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you get your little enemy indicator indicators of being spotted. 
um, you know, as you press R2 to change your stances or change your ranged equipment, it's, you know, it will bring up a little spin wheels or whatever, but that's it. Like the game is very clean, but there's also no mini map. Um, and that's intentional, which, uh, leads to something, like I said, that they showed off in state of play in using the wind as kind of guiding you to your next waypoint. So you can set a waypoint on the map and, uh, basically the, the streamline of the winds and, and the leaves and everything like that kind of show you in the direction that you need to go. And when this was shown off at state of play, I thought this was going to be kind of just gimmicky and not really work too great. And I would be constantly pulling up my map. And I have to say that it is pretty good at pointing you in the right direction of mm-hmm. where you need to go. Like, uh, you know, if if I want to be like super distinct in, in a certain spot on the map that I'm trying to go towards, I'll bring up my map every now and then. But, you know, just swiping up on the D-pad or the touchpad and, you know, whenever the wind dies, it will bring up the wind again and kind of point you where you need to go in case you kind of got lost or got turned around or whatever so um and then yeah just the inclusion of like the birds leading you to points of interest um Mm -hmm. whether it's a little upgrade spots like the bamboo cutting or the hot springs or whatever um really cool i i I love (laughs) that they made that purposeful um in a gameplay mechanic yeah i do i like that a lot too because it does let you just kind of look at the world as you're traveling through as opposed to constantly staring at a mini map or a HUD of some sort. So Mm -hmm. really, um, yeah, it really kind of helps with the immersion of the game. However, uh, when it comes to, I was very meticulous in uh, uncovering the the fog of war that's on, when you do pull up your map, um, it's basically kind of shrouded. And then the areas that you've moved through kind of uncover a little bit as you go through, but the game is not very generous no, not with how much of the fog it uncovers. And uh, I spent way more time than I probably needed to, uh, <laughs> to try and uncover a lot of it. Oh man. There'd and, be, and I, 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 sorry, I'm laughing. Cause it's just like, I literally had a moment <laughs> where I'm tra- bringing up the map. I'm like, God damn it. I can't get rid of this little white spot. on yeah. the map. <laughs> and that's the thing because some areas are just that the map isn't all one color. There are certain are certain parts that are are shaded a little yeah. bit differently. Like it's 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 pretty much as gray, but I think depending on elevation, um, it changes the the hue of yeah. the gray. So it might look like a spot that I haven't uncovered, but it turns out that I really did. Right. Yeah. Um, I will say just as a tip is don't worry about uncovering everything, because there are uh, there are ways of uncovering it much much faster okay um i noticed that even with like if you come across like camps that you wanted to clear out and stuff that there are certain areas that i remember clearing out as i kind of came across them and then it turned out that that location was also included on like a mission so it was like oh well now there's enemy i already cleared out this spot here um and now i'm basically doing the same thing over but with purpose now because it's included in a mission i did come across that i think at least like three times but Mm -hmm. i think that's also maybe the game telling me to stop messing about on (laughs) on these side quests and exploring and just um well there's like and i guess this isn't really a spoiler there's little there's like strongholds that you find and you can clear them out of enemies like really the only thing is you go there 
Uh, you defeat all the enemies, and then you're basically, like, reclaiming, like, a little village. Yeah. And yeah. whenever you pull up your map after you do that... Those are cleared. Y- y- it'll clear out an area around, around that, too. Like, yeah. a pretty decent chunk. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, doing those really help with the map clearing. But there is uh, some things later on that help clear yeah. even more. So, but that's... Oh, I'll mention there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you don't uh, don't be like me. Don't spend hours and hours <laughs> combing through areas. Good to know. Yeah. Well, I even just like stopped trying to do that and just kind of focused on going from mission to mission. And I found that the the game kind of sets you on a natural path to to uncover it. But it is yeah. crazy mm-hmm. on how how much they restrict. Um, it's like I I think about I thought about like Death Stranding when I was playing it and how like. Death Strand, you're constantly pulling up your map, right? Because there's not really a... Uh, but with Death Stranding's map, and it is, again, it's purposeful for the type of game because traversal is huge in Death Stranding, but just how, like, it, it did a great job of showing you what the environment looks like on the map. And so when you're constantly using the map to, like, kind of figure out where you are in the world or what's going on... Um, it needs to just be a little more detailed i think because they haven't like the player really has nothing else to rely on and i know that there's that wind mechanic but it is something that i notice i've been doing like a lot lately is just pulling it up um more and more uh and maybe that's just because i i I need to just remember that this game is going to push you in the right direction it's just that anxiousness of wanting to try Mm -hmm. and not leave anything behind or miss any little nook or cranny it's, or it's whatever it's very breath of the wild in that yeah. sense yeah <laughs> yeah Where it's like there's always something that you find that you want to kind of check out totally. and explore and uh you know possible area where there might be an upgrade or like a new yeah. cosmetic thing uh which is another thing like i love the amount of cosmetics in this game oh, that totally, you can yeah. uh that you can find and and customize with yeah you I haven't unlocked uh, every piece of armor that you can obtain, but just going from the samurai armor to uh, the more ghost mode of um, light armor or whatever, the headbands um, and and the dyes that you can come across. Like I, I love mm-hmm. it. Like the the swords. It's it's yeah. pretty. It's simple. It's not going mm-hmm. overboard. Right. Um, but like it's giving us a little bit of more options on how we want mm-hmm. it and especially like one thing i do want to talk about is the photo mode in this game because have you messed around with it at all i haven't no okay. it took me a really long time to figure out how to, uh, that it even had <laughs> the photo mode. yeah because the game doesn't tell you about it right, i just yeah i was trying to figure out how to do something and i pressed the right on the d-pad and i was like oh this is photo mode so uh the, they talked about it in the state of play, but man, this easily is like the best photo mode that I've seen in a game because it has a lot of options and you can keep the environment like moving in the background. So it's basically just like freezing time, but the wind's still blowing. Um, the trees are still moving and stuff like that. Uh, you can change things like the particles in the air from like red leaves to green leaves to ashes and embers to crows flying to dragonflies to butterflies and you can up the intensity of these particles to 100 where there's like they're filling the screen or you know down to three percent which is probably more realistic of how much would you would see in the air and so like just playing around with that and the filters and like almost like 
will take a photo and like try to find a filter. I'm like, man, I just got to leave it how it is. Cause this game looks so good <laughs> that I don't really need yeah. to put all these bells and whistles on it. And, uh, yeah, like I, I don't really like care too much about photo modes, uh, mostly cause they seem to be patched in after I've kind of beat a game, but I messed around with Spider-Man like a crazy amount. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I, I've been doing the same with this because of, yeah, the customizable outfits and like, trying to find cool shots of because you can literally bring it up pretty much at any moment like in the mid, middle of combat i'm hitting ray on the d-pad as Jin like slices a guy neck with his katana and there's like blood spraying and it's just like it's really fun so i i highly recommend just messing about and seeing all the attention they put in towards something like that so yeah i think part of the reason why i never bothered like looking for a photo mode is that because there's no hud there's certain places that I've got to where it really picturesque settings. Yeah, yeah. You can just take a screenshot totally. right, yeah. right then and there and, and have no obstructions in the shot. Yeah, so like it, it never even like really crossed my mind until yeah. uh, pretty late into, into my playthrough. I will say you were talking about combat and uh, getting pictures and stuff. The one thing I wish this game had is I wish that it had like I wish you could like sever limbs and stuff like, like yeah, yeah. you know, take a guy's arm off or something like that. Like that would that would make it even cooler. You know, <laughs> and I will say when we saw the state of play and we saw the combat in that, I was like, yeah, my reaction, I was like, oh, man, that's like. Like you could feel the fear in the the, the enemies and like i i'm not really surprised because that's the the combat kind of is like the same once you kind of experience it they they don't like there's some tougher enemies and one-on-one battles that you get to do that are a little bit more challenging or whatever but it's pretty like straightforward and and i guess that's just the the rinse and repeat of open world games right you kind of just you at that point they're so so you're you're locked into the pattern of them and and know what to do so uh, but yeah, I would love like a little more grit, a little bit more of like what the last of us part two gave me of just like, all oh, these brutally violent kills of hearing the skull crush on a headshot or, you know, a limb fly off when you set a bomb. Like, oh, I would love that kind of stuff. Cause there are, it's already graphic and bloody and violent. It's not a kid's game. So like, just go, go a little more for us. <laughs> uh, um, one more thing that I'll, I wanted to say, and then I, I guess we'll kind of conclude our thoughts and save the rest for whenever a review comes. But uh, that freaking title card coming up uh, at the beginning of the game where the logo popped, I was like, it was like kind of it gave me the chills that uh, Assassin's Creed did of like when you have played so much of the game in Assassin's Creed and, and you get off the first island and then that comes up. Like I remember the the presentation of sucker punch presents or whatever i was like i it was getting me hyped like i was getting so hyped at that moment so i wanted to give a shout out to that i wish i got that on camera because i was like audibly like yelling like hell yeah (laughs) so you you can probably expect us to kind of talk about it here and there every week until we get that review episode because we both still have a lot to see. What, what, how how many hours do you think you're? Are you in Act Two yet? I am in Act Two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not very far into it because I've been doing a lot of side stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. 
Awesome. Well, let's move on to question of the week. So we got a bunch of responses this week. Uh, first, I'm going to pop over to Twitter. If this is your first time checking out the show. Question of the week. Basically, each week I ask you guys a question uh, related to video games in some way. And you guys give your answers and I read them out on next the next episode um, following the next week. So let's see here. So last week... Uh, sorry, I just need to pull it up. Where are you? Where the heck did it go? Oh, there it is. Okay. So, sorry. Last week, I asked you guys, with the year half over, what has been your favorite games released so far? So, at Pound Ye, friend of the show, says, definitely Final Fantasy VII Remake narratively and Valorant for multiplayer. The upcoming release of Ghost and Paper Mario may change my opinion. A special shout out to Persona 5 Royal to make a great game perfect. As for The Last of Us 2, it's definitely the best game to release this year, though I didn't enjoy it best. And then at... Ewe Live says, The Last of Us Part 2 affected me more deeply than any game I've ever played. It may be my game of the decade, let alone 2020. And then at Jacob McCourt says, Animal Crossing New Horizons was the perfect game for the state of the world in 2020. It's my game of the year thus far. And so far, I would say, although I'm not familiar with Valorant or Paper Mario, but J. Ewe. And Jacob, thank you so much for responding on Twitter. Those are all really excellent choices. And then moving over onto our Discord server, uh, we got uh, Gravier1984 says, The Last of Us Part 2 and Resident Evil 3. Sorry, Adam and Steven haven't played Final Fantasy VII Remake yet. <laughs> and then... Uh, Brudanos says, Last of Us Part 2, runner-up Doom Eternal. And then Luke Warm Lewis uh, says, The Last of Us Part 2 is without a doubt my current game of the year. The story was so compelling and I find myself still unpacking its deeper symbolism with friends. Such a unique experience that I've never had with a video game. Runner-up would be Final Fantasy VII Remake. I love the combat so much. Again, thank you guys to over on our Discord server for responding to last week's question. We appreciate it. Adam, what is your favorite game or games so far this year? Uh, so still front runner for me is going to be Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, I've had a lot of fun with Animal Crossing. I put a lot of hours into that game. I forget how much, but I looked at it the other day and I'm like, my God, like, I can't Hundreds. believe I put that much time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think it's over, I think it's over 200. Right now? Wow. However, my brother Steven oh, has God. over a thousand. That's crazy. Over a thousand hours since March. Yeah. Since March. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> so what amazes me about your brother is, like, he, he plays all different types of games he'll like he he's great at like playing those games and playing them to the fullest like i'm so so uh -huh. jealous of that because i right. have like i just don't have the attention span to to do that <laughs> even though i want to so bad you know <laughs> yeah we beat a game and it's like okay what's the next what's yeah. the next one yeah and yeah he'll just play it he'll do everything there is to do catch, exactly catch every pokemon and and uh and, and breeding and his knowledge yeah. in little details like that, or even 
uh no man's sky or i know he's been playing the sims and stuff like that i yeah he's already done all the things in the Isle of armor expansion for pokemon like that's all done yeah that's crazy uh and, you know he's still still going at it with animal crossing and he i know he's played a bit of paper mario as well i'm not yeah. sure where he's at in the game but i know he was he was liking it too yeah um but yeah so so anyway yeah i mean final fantasy 7 for me is still the front runner uh but of course you know animal crossing last of us ghost of tsushima um and now paper mario as well like all really good games it's been a really solid year despite everything that's been going on and despite uh you know all the the delays that we've seen yeah it's been a really good year lots of good stuff to come still got cyberpunk on the way so i'm really excited for the the rest of 2020 at least in gaming yeah yeah i mean it's hands down my favorite game so far and leading contender for game of the year for me is last of us part two that's not a surprise to anyone who's heard me gush about it for the last uh couple episodes but um so i don't need to go into further detail as to why that game is great um yeah animal crossing i enjoy that game a lot more than than i thought i was going to i knew i was going to have fun with it but i had a lot of fun with it and yeah i'm a little upset that i haven't gone back to it as much as i want to go back to it um like I still have the urge to go and play it and and check out, you know, my my fellow villagers and see how they're doing. Like it's it'd be nice to go back, but yeah, with the last couple months and everything that's been coming out, it's been hard to to do that. So that would be my runner up. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake is definitely uh, a game that was my biggest surprise so far this year because I just I didn't expect to like it as much as I did and. Um, while I've already kind of last of us has kind of beat it out for me in terms of game of the year talk. Uh, it's still going to be, it's going to be up there as easily in my favorite games this year. So, so yeah, uh, I will say though, yeah, just playing ghost of Tsushima, that small amount, like it's, it's on a road to success for being a really mm-hmm. good game. Now, once I've put 67 hours into it, am I still going to be talking about, it? we'll have to see, but um, I'm really looking forward to see how that plays out with me. All right, so this week I wanted to ask you guys, what has been your favorite gaming event this summer? So gaming event meaning maybe the PS5 reveal, the Xbox Game Showcase that just happened today, Ubisoft Forward, you know, what has been your favorite presentation? Because we have had no shortage of events, so you've had to have seen at least one. So let us know. You can respond over on our Twitter where you ask the question. Uh, that's at GamesAreFunPod. Or you can actually join our Discord server. If you go to the show notes, there's a link. You can join in on there. And we post a question on the channel in there. And you can answer over on Discord. And not not to, not to that I'm giving, not that this is necessarily my answer to that question. But if you all haven't watched the Devolver uh, Direct that they had, right. watch that. Yeah. And see if that doesn't at least factor <laughs> into your decision for, for that sure. question. <laughs> All right. So that concludes this episode of games are fun. Adam, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Adam Palooza 85. Awesome. You can follow me at Luke Allen arm on Twitter. Like I said, follow the show at games are fun pod on Twitter, or you can head over to facebook.com slash games are fun podcast and give us a like on Facebook. 
All right, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Games Are Fun, and we will talk to you guys next week.